Welcome back to the AFW College Podcast, the podcast dedicated to providing college students with encouraging content as they grow in their relationship with Jesus. My name is Jordan, and I'm pumped for this episode. What you're about to hear is the voice of Ben Moss, the college pastor here at Antioch Fort Worth, as he gives the second teaching of his series on dating called Singling and Mingling. On this episode, you will get the mingling part. Ben is about to answer five of the biggest questions young people have about dating as he lays out an alternative, Jesus-focused approach to the dating season of your life. It's powerful. It's countercultural. When we live it out, it can have tremendous benefits in our searches for that future spouse. And if we're honest, most of us will take all the help we can get. If you're not in a season of mingling, if you're in a season of singleness, then you might also want to go check out our last episode about how to single well. Then come back and listen to this one. It's so, so good. But without further ado, with some advice for your season of mingling, here's Ben. All right. Well, tonight we are talking about mingling. Okay. So about a month ago, uh, I talked about singleness. Uh, Raise your hand if you were there for our singleness talk. Okay. All right. Raise your hand if you're single. I'm just kidding. Okay. Leave your hands down. All right. Uh, And, you know, I posed this question uh, to all of us. I said, are you becoming the person that you're looking for is looking for, right? And the whole idea there was that whether we are uh, in the singleness season or we're in a dating season or we're engaged over here uh, or we're married, uh, that is something that you can be investing in now. Because that's building into character and building into a Christ-like character. And so uh, tonight, we're going from singling to talking about mingling, all right? So I want to just say here on the front end, uh, if you're not dating, okay, this this talk is not so that you will date, okay? But I also want to say... We are pro-dating around here, all right? And it is a good thing. Uh, It is a godly thing. Uh, And I think I said last month, I was like, I love dating, okay? And it was a little awkward, but uh, dating is a good thing, and it's from the Lord. So, you know, I know that when I bring up that topic, there's probably some different emotions uh, in the room. Uh, Some of you are excited because you're looking to be dating someone, maybe in the near future. Don't look around. Okay, just get eyes up here. All right, focus here. Uh, Secondly, uh, maybe you're in a dating relationship right now. It's going well. You're encouraged by that, and it's been fun. Uh, But maybe there's also some of you here tonight, and you would say, hey, honestly, I'm either recently coming out of a relationship, or there was a relationship from my past that was actually pretty challenging for me. Maybe there were some expectations that were unmet or some promises that went unfulfilled. But whatever your feeling is around this topic tonight, I believe that Jesus wants to bring us right back to his heart when it comes to dating. So you say, why is it important to talk about dating and mingling, all right? Well, a couple reasons. Number one, I think oftentimes in the church, we don't talk about it as much as we should. The the church should actually be one of the safest places for us to be able to have healthy dialogue around what relationships look like, right? Amen. That's that's an amen, all right? Number two here, um, times are changing, okay? Uh, In the 1990s, uh, 90s, anybody? Born in the 90s. All right, let's go. All you seniors, all right? Not not, uh, 99, any 99s? Okay, 2000. Oh, one? Really? Wow. Oh, two? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Wow, 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 wow. Woo. 
We are getting old. We are getting old. All right. So uh, in the 19, early 1990s, there's a study done that found that the average male was waiting until the age of 26 to get married. The average female was waiting until the age of 23. All right. A recent study was done, and those numbers have gone up significantly. Female, 35. Male, 38. All right. So times are changing. Times are a-changing. All right. Uh, today, more than one-third of couples meet on dating apps. All right. Now, I'm not saying dating apps are a wrong thing. Okay. They're, they're, they can be a great thing. All right. Uh, previous generations didn't really have any questions about what you should do on the first date or how you should ask a girl out, okay? Your grandparents were not like, should I text her? Should I call her? Should I ask her out in person, all right? So times are changing, all right? Things are different now. So that's why it's important to have a conversation. The last reason is we all come from different backgrounds when it comes to this topic. And there's different influences that have shaped the way that we think about dating. Uh, for me, growing up, I thought three things, all right, when it comes to finding someone I would date and eventually marry. Uh, she needed to be a Christian, good thing. Uh, number two, uh, I needed to not take things too fast. And number three, I needed to not be too serious about things, all right, and not take things too deep, all right? Don't dive in too deep too quickly. So uh, I took that seriously. Uh, and uh, one of my very first dating interactions uh, that I had, I was dating this girl, and we were three months into our relationship. And so we were going on this walk at Baylor, and, uh, you know, we were walking around, and we, we sat down on the bench. This is my freshman year. And uh, I, I looked over at her, and I said, hey, so-and-so, would you be okay if I held your hand? Would, 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 that, would that be all right with you? And she looked up at me like, you are the biggest weirdo ever. Like, <laughs> what in the world? Yes, of course it's okay for you to hold my hand, all right? Uh, so let me just say, okay, three months in, not a good time to ask that question. Okay, date number one, you can hold the hand. All right, that's all good. But I, I took it a little bit too seriously, okay? And I was honestly a little bit afraid about it, okay? Because I didn't know how to do it in a healthy way. Um, I, I recently, I hold Charlotte's hand all the time, okay? All right, so... Um, <laughs> We, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe for some of you, um, you had healthy relationship that was modeled in your home. And you're the recipient of that. And, and that's a, a great thing. But maybe for others of you, a healthy relationship was not modeled in your home. And so unfortunately, maybe there's some wounds that you're still carrying from that time. Maybe some of you, um, you are experienced in the dating scene, okay? So you did that in high school. You did that in college. Uh, maybe others of you, uh, you're taking your notes from Bachelor, okay? I don't know what it is, uh, but there are a lot of different things that are vying for our attention when it comes to saying, this is what it means to date well. And what I want to do tonight is I want to just call a timeout with all of the different influences going on in our world and say, what would it look like for us to have Jesus' thinking when it comes to this topic? What would it look like for us to have his heart so that our relationships can actually be a gospel witness to the world? So that other people can see the hope that is found in a personal walk with Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to do tonight. And the way we're going to do that 
is I'm going to pose a few questions. These were big questions that I had in college. Okay, we are going to get into some scripture, but these are going to be a little bit more principle, practical base. And before I jump in, I just want to say, whatever is helpful for you, please take it. If it's not helpful, just throw it away. Okay, I will not be offended by it. All right, but take these things uh, and apply them to your life if they're helpful. So I've got a couple of questions that we're going to ask, and they're these. Throw them up on the screen, please. Number one, how do I make the right choice in someone to date? Number two, what should I be looking for? Number three, how do I start? It's a big one. Number four, how do I keep the relationship pure? Because I know that's what you guys desire. And number five, should I continue dating? So when I'm in the relationship, is this someone that I should continue dating, maybe considering marrying, all right? So here we go. Number one question. This is the biggest one on my mind when I was in college. How do I make the right choice? Hmm, all right. How do I make the right choice? So that is what my mind was consumed with thinking, all right? Things like, if I like red and she likes blue, is that okay? Um, If she likes the mountains and I like the beach, is that going to be a problem? To what extent do opposites attract? Uh, How old, how much older or younger should he or she be? Uh, Should she be sweet and gentle and he be bold and courageous? Should he be tall and handsome and she have a certain eye color or hair color? I was asking all these questions around choice. And as a result of it, that was the foundation that I was laying and thinking about dating. It was all about the choice. And so because of that, I wasn't very clear on my purpose in life. And because I wasn't very clear on my purpose in life, I definitely was not very clear on my identity or who I really was. And the only problem with this paradigm as laying choice as the first question you ask in thinking about dating is that your purpose and identity are directly linked to one another. And when the person that you're liking becomes the source of your identity, when they stop liking you, your value drops out. Just like that. But that's not what Jesus invites us into. Jesus says, because of my blood shed on the cross for you, you are now secure in me. You have insurpassable worth and value. You don't deserve it, but you are my son. You are my daughter. When I look at you, I see a reflection of me. And you can be secure in your identity. And that can become your foundation. And when that is your foundation, you then begin to realize that as good as dating is, as good as marriage is, it's not your ultimate purpose in life. Your ultimate purpose is to be an image bearer of him. And then you can put that on top of your identity. And once those two things are in place, you can then ask the question, who? How do I make the right choice? So I think the first question, guys, is not about choice. It's, am I secure in my identity in Christ? And honestly, that's a journey. And I just want to say, I'm not like putting pressure on you. You need to arrive at a certain place with that. I'm just saying, make this your number one pursuit and everything else will fall into place. Make sense? All right, so that's number one, how to make the right choice. Number two, what should I be looking for in the person that I might consider dating? Now, the Bible does not explicitly say to us, this is what you should be looking for in someone to date. In fact, dating didn't actually exist in biblical times because 
most of the marriages were arranged. Uh, one thing we do get in Song of Solomon, it says her neck is like an ivory tower. All right, that's real helpful. Thank you. Um, but what the Bible does, but what the Bible does give is principles. And one of those principles that I think we can specifically apply to dating is found in 2 Corinthians 6:14. And Paul is going to unpack for us what it means to he uses this phrase yoked, and he's going to talk about it a little bit. So here, we're going to throw it up here for you. 2 Corinthians 6:14. It says this. It says, "Do not be unequally yoked." Everybody say yoked. With unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? So what does that phrase, do not be unequally yoked, mean? Well, the context of this is that Paul is speaking to an agricultural community, and he's actually referencing a verse all the way back in the Old Testament, which is Deuteronomy 22.10. I think we got that one too. It says this, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Raise your hand if you read that in your time with Jesus this morning. Okay, great. Um, the agricultural community who is hearing this would have really been leaning in to this verse. Because what would have happened is that a farmer would have had a huge wooden yoke that would be tied between two animals. And those two animals would go around and they would plow a field. And if for any reason the two animals were not equally yoked, what would happen is that the yoke would begin to drift. And as a result of it, the farmer was no longer able to plow the field. What's the application? When it comes to considering someone to date, the primary question should be, are you equally yoked with that person? And what I mean by that, do you have an equal passion for the Lord like they do? That's the most important thing. So the first question should not be, how beautiful is the ox? Or is the ox outgoing? Uh, or um, does the ox tell good jokes? Or does the ox prefer common grounds over ampersand? Just real quick, hey, can we just, which one? Uh, common grounds, raise your hand. Ampersand? Oh, wow, okay, that was not a helpful poll at all. It was horrible. <laughs> all right. So those things, those questions, they're on the list, but they're not the most important question. The most important question is, does this person love Jesus like I do? Does the person that you're looking to date, which may end up leading to marriage, love Jesus in such a way that they just want to give their whole life away for him? Or is Jesus just someone on the side that they go to in their time of need? I call that rabbit foot Christianity. You guys know what a, a rabbit foot is? It's like a little, it was like a little lucky charm, okay? Just turning to him whenever, you know, you just need it. My mentor uh, in college used to encourage me, if you're running as hard as you can after Jesus and you look up and see someone who is either running at your pace or running faster than you, that's someone you, could, you should consider dating. It's really good. So the most important thing in looking for someone to date is that Jesus Christ is at the center of their life. Guys, there's a lot of complexities in dating, but looks and personality don't fix complexities. A love and a passion for the Lord fix complexities. And when, then, when that is the foundation, when they know how to go to Jesus to get their needs met, when you guys eventually get married, you'll be able to offer each other a gift. The gift of being able to say, I'm not gonna expect from you to meet a need in me that only he can meet. 
So that's why it's so powerful to become grounded in who you are and to pursue a passion for Jesus, all right? So that's number two. What should I be looking for? Number three, everybody say three. Three. How do I start? How do I start? How do I get into the dating relationship? And that comes down to two words, with clarity, all right? With clarity. So I wanna give you this phrase that I think will be helpful in thinking about uh, relationships, and it's this. What I'm expecting out of you is character, but what you can expect from me is clarity. When we decide to go into relationships with this mindset, boy, that is so powerful. I'm going to do everything that I can to focus on having godly character, and also I want to do my very best to communicate clearly with you. I've seen great guys and great girls with amazing character that come across in the wrong way because they don't have clarity. You can be solid in character and bad in clarity, and it not go very well, okay? Personal example. This is a little bit too close, like five years ago, all right? Um, So, Charlotte, and I uh, met in 2016, and uh, we went on our first date uh, in December, I thought it was a great day. Uh, we, went to, uh, we went bowling, uh, which I love. And then we went to Avoca uh, coffee shop. And uh, at the end of our first date, I was like, man, this girl is awesome. Like, man, we have like, a great time together. And I'm just thinking in my mind, I can't wait to like continue to get to know her. It was a blind date, by the way. Uh, so I'm pro blind dates. Um, and uh, w- with the context of the right people, community, that kind of stuff, all right? It, it was not... <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Charlotte, um, we pull up to her house, and I open up the door for her, you know, good, good gentleman move, and we walk up to the house, and I said, Charlotte, uh, I've had a great evening with you. This, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, you know, and um, I'll, I'll see you later. And I proceeded to walk down the sidewalk, get in the car, and drive away. I mean, I gave a side hug. I mean, that was, you know, that was good. Uh, and, and, uh, and so Charlotte, over the next three days, is wondering, am I ever going to hear from this guy again? Like, is he ever going to reach out? Uh, she literally, she told me earlier today, she like went into her room and started praying like, Lord, am I ever going to meet somebody? Okay, like, it was that, it was that intense. And... Three days later, by the grace of God, I called her, okay? And I said, hey, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, it was a great time, and I hope that we can go out again. And she said, absolutely, that sounds great, all right? So why is she that story? I was not good on the clarity category, all right? That, that is not clear, okay? If you want to go out on another date, you can just say that, all right? Hey, I want to go out on another date. Uh, if you don't want to go out on another date, You can say that too. That's okay, all right? Just communicate. The key is communication. So as much as clarity is key, I also think grace is key because I'm really glad she extended me some grace, right? And I know for all of us, we're on a journey of learning to communicate our emotions and what's on the inside, and that's okay. And that's why it's important to offer one another grace all along the way. All right, so how do you enter into a relationship with clarity. Well, one more phrase for you. I want to give you this phrase. Don't call the person, call someone else. 
Don't call that other person, call someone else. You say, what do you mean? Well, Proverbs eleven fourteen says this. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. That's good, y'all. And whether it's dating or whatever it is in your life, when you invite other people in, there's power that comes with that. And there's wisdom that comes with that. And so maybe I just want to submit to you, consider when you're wanting to pursue somebody in a relationship, pull in somebody else that you trust into that journey. Because what it does, it enables them to ask you questions like, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Or do you think I'm in a good place right now where this would be good for me? Or do you see any reason why this wouldn't be good timing? Okay, maybe you're going to France for a study abroad for a year, all right? Maybe not the best timing uh, to enter into a relationship. So ask people, enable, uh, invite people in to ask you questions about your process. And you will find life in doing that. Now, again, you want to ask advice from people that are equally yoked as you. Okay, so that's probably not the friend that's just going to agree with everything that you have to say, all right? But it might be the friend that might challenge you a little bit or call you up uh, into a little bit of a higher standard, okay? So, dudes, you want to ask her out, okay? Here we go. Do you text her? Do you call her? Maybe, huh? Do you ask her out in person? Okay, all right, well, there, we'll find out. Okay, there was a study that was done on this, all right? And they found that, number one, women prefer to be asked out in person. Okay, you guessed it. Number two was calling, and number three was texting. So, guys, you can call her or text her, but that may not be the best first step, all right, in the relationship. Now, ladies, if a guy asks you out on a date and he's not 50% a dummy, give him a chance on the first date, okay? Really, honestly, just... Give them a chance, okay? Guys are putting themselves out there, asking people on dates, so give them a chance. Everybody in here, you guys are awesome, okay? You date, date, date. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Side note, three years ago when I said that, like six months later, like tons of people were dating, okay? So I'm not saying that needs to happen again, all right? I'm just saying dating is a good thing, okay? So if you're going to go out on a date, ask her on a date. I shared a month ago that um, I did not ask the girl on a date. I asked her if she wanted to hang out. She then shows up with her roommate at the coffee shop, and it becomes the most awkward hour and a half of my life as I proceed to have a coffee conversation with two girls and myself, okay? So don't do that. Call it, call it a date, all right? Sliding into a DM and saying, hey, do you want to hang out sometime is not clear, all right? The girl's probably thinking date. He's probably thinking hang out. Then the guy's got to go back to his roommates, and we all know that's never led to any lack of clarity, all right? So call it a date if it is a date, all right? She says yes because you're a great guy. What do you do on the first date? Three things. Keep it light, keep it fun, and keep it simple. Light, fun, and simple. I know that's really practical. Grab coffee, go out for dinner, maybe not Riata on the first one, uh, but do something fun together, all right? Just in general dating advice, I love doing things with Charlotte because it actually takes a little bit of pressure off for us to have to carry the conversation the whole time. And so we'll go on hikes. We'll go to the zoo. 
What else do we like to do? I'm trying to think. That's it. That's all. <laughs> That's it. Go on walks and go to the Fort Worth Zoo. Okay. It's great. All right. So that's number three. Number four. Here we go. How do I keep the relationship pure? Everybody say pure. All right. Okay. We'll just go with that. All right. This is one of my favorite things, okay, when it comes to purity in relationships. It's very simple. It's called the Proverbs 4.23 gauges. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart because out of it flow the wellsprings of life. So I'm going to encourage you guys how you can be a Proverbs 4.23 man or woman and pursue purity in your relationship, whether you're at the beginning, you're about to get engaged, or you're about to get married in June, all right? So in relationships, you have a few different components. The first one is your commitment to the other person. The second one is the time that you spend with them. The third one is communication, the way you dialogue with each other. And the fourth one is the physical, okay? It's a good one. All right, fourth one, physical. Okay, so uh, (laughs) that was awkward. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Thank you. There's grace. There's grace. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, the very first thing, okay, when it comes to relationships, the idea here is, guys, that so goes the first one, commitment, so go the other three. So your commitment level should match the amount of time that you spend together, the way that you communicate with each other, and the physical bar that you set in your relationship. Let me unpack it a little. If on the very first date... Okay, date number one, your commitment level is probably down in this area, right? Because you're just starting out. You decide to spend six hours together at Avoca. And you decide that you're going to start naming your first kid on date number one. And then by the end of date number one, you're making out. Okay? What you have just created in your relationship is C-H-W-O-A. O-S, chaos, okay? Because your commitment level is not matching these other levels, all right? But that's not who you guys are. You guys are Proverbs 423, men and women. So on date number one, your commitment level is right here. And the time that you are spending with each other is matching that, okay? So maybe you're not hanging out every night together until 1 a.m., okay? Maybe that's just occasionally. So your time is matching that. Your communication level is not so much about the future, but it's just about getting to know the other person and genuinely building friendship with them. And you can see then that our physical bar is going to be healthy. We're going to have healthy physical boundaries. We're going we're to talk about that. And that matches. And I just want to say one more thing on the physical piece here. If you set a really high physical bar, right at the beginning of the relationship. Number one, I want to say there's grace. If that's happened, it's okay. Jesus is redeeming, okay? But if you set a really high bar, that's harder to back up as the relationship goes forward. Does that make sense? It's a little bit more challenging to go here and then go, okay, where do we go from here? But if you set a low physical bar at the beginning, it can set you free to be able to grow with that as you grow in your commitment to the other person, all right? So if this is the way 
you do your relationship, it creates P-E-A-C-E, peace, all right? So that's the Proverbs 4.23 gauges. I want to encourage you guys, take that if it's helpful. Um, You know, I also just want to say, these gauges should be going up in your time with the other person, okay? So Charlotte and I's commitment level in 2016 is not where our commitment level is now, outside the box, all right? (laughs) All right. Last one, here we go. Should I continue dating? Okay, so you're enjoying uh, the other person. Maybe you've been dating for a, a season or a period. And I think this one will hopefully help you guys, for those of you who are thinking about engagement maybe or marriage in the future, okay? Now, I just wanna say the whole purpose of dating is to discover if the person you're dating is the type of person that you might marry. Okay, I want to say that again. The whole purpose of dating is to discover if the person you're dating is the type of person that you could one day marry. Notice I didn't say the person, but the type of person. That's freeing because it's less about identifying the one and it's more about discovering things about yourself and about other people along the way. And that's why dating can be such a gift from the Lord. I, you know, I used to think in college that I was just going to find the one right person for me, okay? That someday she'd show up on my doorstep, she'd have a halo around her, I walk outside, clouds would part, God would say, this is your wife that I've chosen for you, be merry, live happily ever after, all right? A little bit of a fairy tale world. But I don't think that's God's heart because that puts a lot of pressure on me to try and identify the right person, all right? I think, guys, if you've got this in place and you're pursuing Jesus with everything that you have and you meet someone along the way who's doing that with you, God's going to bless that. He's going to bless that relationship. Now, to qualify that, uh, my wife's mother felt like she had a very clear word from the Lord. My mother, that's my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, okay? (laughs) Felt like she had a very clear word from the Lord to marry her spouse. Charlotte felt like she had a very clear word from the Lord to marry all right? I did not, okay? And that's okay. So we have different experiences when it comes to that. So you're in the relationship, you're having a great time, and you start to wonder, could we end up together? And the answer to that question comes down to one word, and it's this, chemistry. Chemistry. Say, what do you mean? Well, there's a great book by a guy named Ben Stewart. I highly recommend it. It's called Single Dating Engaged Married, Navigating Life in Love in the modern age. And what Ben unpacks for us, I think is really, really helpful. He gives us four areas of chemistry, these will be brief, that help us to discern, is this the person that I might end up with? The first one is social chemistry, all right? Are they easy to talk to? Are they fun to be around? Uh, Could you find yourself being around them and you could just be yourself? A really good sign of this, guys, is when you're just around the other person, you don't have to talk to them all the time because just being with them is bringing you joy. That's a good indication that you have social chemistry. Do you genuinely enjoy being with them? One of the things I love about Charlotte is she laughs at my jokes, all right? We got social chemistry, okay? Number two, vocational chemistry, all right? This is things related to your career, things about your calling, So maybe considering questions like, if you want to be a pastor, but she never wanted to be a pastor's wife, that might be a conversation that you want to have. Not a deal breaker, but something related to your vocation. What if she wants to live overseas? 
and he wants to get a law degree. Way to go, Harrison. Uh, and uh, you're CPA, sorry, <laughs> accounting. You're like, what? Um, I'm not, I didn't major in law, what? Uh, he wants to get a law degree and live in America, okay? Again, not a deal breaker, but something important to talk about. Things related to your vocation. Number three, theological chemistry. Theological chemistry, all right? Do they have the same spiritual center as you? Now, obviously, you're probably going to be dating someone that believes in the gospel and believes the basic tenets of the Christian faith. But there's also important things related to our passions in following the Lord that are significant. Okay? One example for us. I believe that God is still speaking today. That he's speaking in a variety of different ways through the word of God. He's speaking through the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to me through my circumstances. There's literally a book I read, a hundred different ways that God speaks. I believe that God is speaking today. Charlotte believes that God speaks today too. So when we have a major decision in our life to make, it's so freeing for both of us to be able to go to the Lord individually and then come back together and say, hey, this is what we feel like the Lord's saying to us about this. Every time that we've done that, we've made a peaceful decision because we've gone to him first, all right? If Charlotte didn't believe that God was speaking today, that might create a little bit of tension in our relationship, okay? So spiritual chemistry, being on the same page, theological, all right? Last one, physical chemistry. Physical chemistry, very simple. Are you attracted to the other person? Are there things that you like about them, qualities about them that you, you just love being around them, all right? Their eyes, whatever it might be, okay? Physical chemistry is so, so key. It's so important. Now, the reason I give these to you is because if you get married, unfortunately, marriage is not just one long honeymoon, all right? You don't have sex every day, all day long, and it's just great, okay? That, that is not what happens, okay? It's wonderful. But in a relationship, in marriage, there's a lot of just being together. And so if you have chemistry in these different areas, it can set you free to just enjoy the being together because you don't have to figure everything out because you just like being around the other person. So that's why chemistry is so valuable. All right, uh, Emmy or Aaron, could you guys uh, pop up here? We're gonna wrap up. And I just gave you guys a lot of information with regards to dating. We covered five different key questions in dating relationships. How do I make the right choice? What should I be looking for? How do I start? How do I keep the relationship pure? And should I continue dating the other person? What we're going to do here to, to wrap up is we're just going to take a moment to pause here before the Lord. And I want to take us back to this very first question that I posed. And I said, you know, for me in college, I was so focused on how do I make the right choice? But I think the right question is, Lord, how am I growing in my identity in you? How am I developing security in you so that I don't need a relationship in order to feel valuable? But how am I coming to you to get my needs met first so then I can go to another person and enter into relationship in a healthy way? So what we're going to do is I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes here with me for a moment. We do this at the end of every time together and just have a simple question that I want you to ask Jesus. I just want you to say, Jesus, is there anything in my life 
that is getting in the way of me being secure in you? Just Is there anything in my world, any distraction, Lord, that's getting in the way of me being secure in you? I just want to invite you to let the Lord speak to you. Let him, let him bring those things to your attention.